This is Janelle Wood, and you are listening to the Finding Something Real podcast. Today, we have a very special episode. I just edited it last night, and I will have to say this is one of my favorite episodes of 2023. So I hope that you enjoy this one as much as I did and do. And uh, real quick, at the end of this episode, it sounds like goodbye, but stay tuned because there's a special recording that I allude to at the beginning of our conversation. It's a speech given by today's special guest, Kelsey O'Connor, and you don't want to miss it. It's very encouraging. I hope it encourages you and you find it as inspiring and beautiful as I did. Enjoy, friend. Hey there. In season six, I am looking for young women who can have real conversations about spirituality. Finding something real is a place for questions. It's a space for honest dialogue where people from all sides of belief can have a safe and loving space to genuinely talk and explore faith. And it all starts with the conversation. So if you are a young woman between the ages of 18 to 25, you are questioning faith, deconstructing what you've grown up with, or wondering about spirituality. And if you have questions about God that you would be willing to talk about on a podcast, if that's you, I would love to schedule a time to meet each other. Go to findingsomethingreal.com and click on Be on the Podcast for more information. And P.S., if this doesn't describe you, but maybe somebody you love, would you do me a huge favor and tell your loved one? Thanks in advance. I would love to hear from you. Well, welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This is your host, Janelle Wood, and you are listening in for season six, where we start off most months with a different young woman sharing her faith story and allowing her the space to ask some tough questions about God and Christianity. And as we wrap up this season, we have some bonus content. And today I'm excited to say that our episode content is being curated again by one of my favorite co-hosts. She's our exchange daughter, Sina from Denmark. And Sina is joining this conversation all the way from Denmark. And I would say, Sina, I'm so glad you're back, but she's currently muted in the back of a car um, waiting for a quiet time to join the conversation. So Sina, when you're not muted, I'm, I would love to hear more about how you're doing and all those things, but I'll wait until you're by yourself and not, is that okay? She's giving me the thumbs up. I've also been instructed not to show her face in these videos. So we'll just, <laughs> we, we won't do that either, but I, I promise that she's giving a thumbs up right now. Um, Sina shared openly in our first episode together and also in subsequent episodes uh, that there's part of her that is scared of believing in God, in part because it's not the norm around her. Uh, she said to become a Christian would mean changing her life, and that's a lot to think about. We have had some beautiful, deep conversation with guests such as Abdu Murray, who's an apologist and speaker who goes around the world talking with people about questions about faith. Claudia Kamikov, who talked with us about God and is also an apologist, somebody who gives reasons for the faith that they have. Robbie Lashua, where we talked with him, um, and then I talked to him on behalf of Sina. And also Frank Turek um, with Cross-Examined Ministries, where he goes around and he talks to college students all over the United States and beyond about questions. 
Um, but I know that those were emotionally difficult conversations as well. Um, and Sina, when you do unmute yourself here in a few minutes, um, I'd love to hear how things are going for you now that you're back in Denmark um, and, and follow up with a couple of questions regarding that. But before we check in with you, today's special guest is someone I actually reached out to a few months ago simply because a video of her sharing a message had gone viral. And after watching it, I was so intrigued by who this young woman was. I went looking and found her on Twitter and then on Instagram and reached out to her. And that was because I realized that she was a person of faith, which to be honest, I had a pretty strong inkling of beforehand because of some of the things that she shared in that viral video. Since then, we sat down over Zoom and we had a beautiful conversation about her faith journey and her love for Christ. And I said, hey, would you want to come on the podcast and share your story? And she graciously said yes. And I said, I think it'd be awesome to connect you with someone I love um, named Sina. And she was even more excited. So I am very pleased to welcome Kelsey O'Connor to the Finding Something Real podcast. Kelsey, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And um, I'm so excited to be here with Sina because I know that you just care so much about her. And so I'm just really honored that I just get to talk with both of you today. I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm really excited too. And I just love that as we're recording this, you and I have the privilege of seeing Sina running around in the dark in different <laughs> rooms just to make this conversation possible because currently in Denmark, it's about 930 at night. Um, and Sina has had a full day and yet she's here, uh, and she wanted to be here. Um, so it's pretty special and she's currently in her room. I can see the light on. I can see that she's kind of alone. She was feeling a little self-conscious about speaking in English. Uh, she mentioned before we pressed record, but if I could be so bold, Sina, are you ready to talk to us now? You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> she's even unmuted. She's here. Sina. <laughs> Sina, how come you're back? How how did I get you to come back here? What what made you decide? Sure, to I'll the do podcast. This. Yeah, because it's always like I don't know. I would say fun always, not for <laughs> me anyways, but it's always <laughs> interesting, and I I always end up learning a lot that sometimes I didn't want to learn, but I mean. <laughs> well, that's that's a good honest answer. Now that you're back in Denmark, how often do you think about these hard things, like about Jesus and about faith? How often is it in, on your radar? Yeah, it's on my radar, definitely, but less. I mean, yeah, less. But I mean, I notice it too now in like different situations. So, Like yeah. what? What are you talking about? I just like, I think I just like find myself thinking about it a lot more and like, thinking maybe people need some faith around here too. And uh, how about you? Do you need faith around there? Like here? Do you need faith? Yeah. That's the direct question. Very pointed. Yeah. Yeah. I think I do. <laughs> maybe, maybe sometimes. Yeah. Can what's, you do it just sometimes? What's holding you back at this point? Cause I know you and I have talked about that privately, but also on the podcast a little bit. Um, not as much as before I think it's just I think admitting it to myself and to others I think is almost the hardest part because nobody really understands and they just think I'm crazy so 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know that there's some people here who don't think you're crazy and uh, yeah. who pray well, with you. And then I'm, I'm crazy in other ways. <laughs> I really look really bad because I just went to Dean's class and I was pretty sweaty. But you told I me really... I'm not allowed to use your video on here. So I know, I'm but planning you on guys sharing can... this with anybody. <laughs> you guys can still see me. So that that oh, is that's true. okay. This is a no judge zone. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, Kelsey, <laughs> before we jump in to some of Cena's questions and kind of share the bridge there um, of how your stories, I, I think there's a lot of connection. Um, I'd love to hear more about that viral video that I alluded to, but didn't talk about too much. What was that about? Why did someone like me run into this video? Sina, did you end up watching it? Did you watch the video? I watched some of it, but then I had Latin class, so I didn't <laughs> watching it all. Actually, I just went, to, I had my exam yesterday and it went really well. So that's, oh, that's good. good. That's so now I don't have to have Latin anymore. <laughs> All right, Kelsey, what was it? What what why was I watching that video? Um, so I gave a speech at my commencement ceremony mm -hmm. at graduation, which I wasn't planning to do at all in the first place, but my family was coming to my graduation and they couldn't get tickets to my small graduation. And they were like my family had been so supportive in helping me when I had some speech problems the year before, and so I decided I'll just write a speech. I'll send it in, see what happens. And then I ended up speaking at graduation, which was crazy. And then my friends convinced me to put it on TikTok and just kind of like see what happens. And then it ended up going viral and you saw it and a couple million people saw it. And it's just <laughs> been surreal. I was never expecting it to be like that. I was never even expecting to to speak like that. So um yeah, just kind of crazy, but now it's on Facebook and TikTok and kind of all over the internet, mm -hmm. I guess you could say. I it mean, was, just a couple of millions. Yeah, it was beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful because the message wasn't about what you do. It's about who you are. If I remember right, it was about your character. Is yes. that right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Which is not a message that our world uh, <laughs> um, receives very well sometimes or or lives very well sometimes, but one that they need to hear more and more. Mm -hmm. And so when I listened to it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this girl's right on. I wonder if she's a Christian. <laughs> and so then just kind of followed you around. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. You reached out to me on Instagram, which I just loved and you were so sweet and so nice. And, um, and I mean, yeah, mm -hmm. the, the graduation speech really was rooted in a lot of, a mm -hmm. lot of faith and, um, I will definitely be talking about it more, obviously, as we have this conversation, but just like the way that God healed me and the way that he sees me and just kind of like communicating that in a very general way for people, especially just graduates that are going into a new phase of life. Like everyone is confused and everyone feels like stressed. And so just kind of explaining the way that I think God sees us, but just the way that they should appreciate themselves was kind of the goal. Yeah. It was really beautiful. We may share it at the end of this episode. If not, I'll cut that part out. But uh, uh, Kelsey's given her permission for me to share it. And it's yeah. really, really precious. Um, okay, Kelsey, I'd love to hear. I always ask people this question when they come on as a guest. But tell me about you. Tell me about your faith journey. 
Um, cause you were giving that commencement speech, like you mentioned, um, you know, it was pretty general it's for a general audience. It was at a secular college. Tell me about, about your, your journey there. Just about my journey of faith overall. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I almost feel like sometimes my journey is separated into two separate ones. Um, because before I got to NC State, when I was in high school, I mean, softball was just my whole life. Like I had really poured all my energy and my time into softball and wanted to play in college. And so it was just so important to me. And I had had some head injuries in high school that were pretty severe. And so when I was a senior in high school, it had just kind of been hard. I had had three really bad concussions and I wasn't committed to a school yet. Um, and I was just stressed, like out of my mind, like exhausted, trying to get recruited all these years, um, struggling because I had been injured and I had spent all this time and all this effort trying to play in college. And it was the fall of my senior year. And I'd been going to church like for a while, like I, I knew about faith and I like prayed to God when I really like wanted to get recruited or I really needed something, but it wasn't like something that was constant in my life. It was something I thought about like once in a while, or like if I brought out my journal, something like that. And I started going to this new church, like later in high school and felt like God was starting to be explained to me in a way that I actually could kind of understand and like really start to connect with. And so I was headed into the end of my senior year, almost the, um, the fall. And I, it just did not seem like I was going to be playing softball in college. And I was at church and I was just really exhausted. And I had this plan for my life that was so particular and like everything was going to be college softball, but I wanted to go to NC state. Like that was my dream school. And so I basically was like, okay, God, I'm going to NC state softball or no softball. Like if you want me to play softball there, then it's in your control. I've done everything in mind to make it happen. And if it doesn't happen, like I'm just gonna actually trust you now because I definitely had not before. Like I tried to control everything with my own two hands. And I was at church and I was like very unexpected. I was like covered in dirt. I had just come from practice. Like it was very impromptu, like stop at church on a Saturday night. And at the end of the sermon, the pastor asked if we wanted to, give our life to Jesus. And I didn't even really understand, like, stand now. It's like, haven't I already? Like, I, I pray to God, like, I understand him. I don't know, that just feels like very overwhelming and exposing. But then I just felt so overwhelmed about how much I was trying to control my own life. And so I like raised my hand, like just enough for like me and God to see, but like not for anyone else to see. And the pastor, there's like 200 people at my church. And the pastor's like, we have something really special. Like only one young woman is raising her hands. Like, let's pray for her. And I'm in the back, like, no way is this me. Like I'm hidden in the back. Like I didn't want anyone to see me. And then all of a sudden, like 200 people are like praying for me. And it was like this crazy moment. Like it was just so wild. And I was like, okay, I'm going to let it go. Like I play softball in college or I don't like, this is where I feel like I'm supposed to be. And then like two weeks later, I was offered to play softball in college. Hmm. And so I get to college and I feel like that was my like peak of adversity. Like I faced these injuries in high school. <laughs> it was really hard to get there. Like I accepted Jesus. 
he turned my life around, like gave me my dream. Like now I'm going to go on this like fully linear path. Like nothing is going to phase me. Like I'm so fully invested in God. And so I get there and it's like my dream. Like everything about North Carolina State is my dream. I love what I'm studying. I love living in Raleigh. Like it is just literal magic. And I'm like, God made this happen. Like God loves me. Like this is going to go great. Like he wouldn't bring me here if he wasn't going to like bless my athletic career. And that's just, you know, what I really felt like. And then my junior year, um, there had just been so many like cultural problems in our softball program, specifically with our coaching staff and very long story, but kind of what ended up happening was um, there was a lot of tension and I ended up having a really severe brain injury my junior year. So I was practicing one day and I was running from first to second base and our shortstop who was like six foot all ACC um, is coming through the baseline. And as I'm sliding in her full body, like knee first, just like right into my face. Mm -hmm. And it was like a moment that I was, I just kind of knew that my, my head was pounding, like the world was spinning, like I am not well. And I had had these before. And there was so much tension on my, my team that the response was just very cold. Like as I walked off the field, my coach is like, great play, shortstop, let's move on. And I was completely alone in that moment. And the next few weeks, I am recovering alone. I am seeing six different doctors. I now have a jaw injury, a neck injury, a head injury. Like it is just all consuming. My life is totally different. And kind of in that meantime, my coaches are telling me that I'm being selfish and that I'm faking my injury and that I don't deserve to be here anymore. And so I'm really like, as far as faith goes, I'm really grappling. I'm like, this is so cold. Like, how could this happen to me? I was brought here for such a specific reason. <laughs> I was ready to let go of it and you gave it to me. And so I thought that this athletic career was going to be amazing and great. And here I am like suffering like crazy. And I, I feel really awful. And eventually my teammates started to even kind of turn and say, you're faking your injury. You look fine. You're being selfish. Like that was a whole story in its own. But really as it relates to God, I was like, how, how could you do that? Like, I'm so, so confused because I thought that because I had faith and because you brought me here, like it was for a reason. And then I really struggled. I was like almost kind of scared of God a little bit. I was mm -hmm. like, am I being punished for something? Like what is happening? And that whole head injury just really stripped me of all the things that I had like put first, like being a D1 athlete. I just felt so proud of myself and really cool being a great student. I couldn't read and write and speak the same. And so it was literally just when I, when I say in my speech, like it was stripped to nothing. Like it was just me as God's child. Like that is it. I had nothing else that I was like, that was making me valuable and making me great. And so what at first was like, questioning God and so frustrated and so hurt I had this time to be still because I couldn't do anything I couldn't do school I couldn't do work like you just have to rest and recover with a brain injury and so it was like a few weeks of just like pure quiet to kind of start to unravel that I was like mad at God or like really afraid of God and then really understand like it's not causing horrible things to happen to me like I'm just gonna I'm just going to trust him and I'm going to 
sit with him and then I just felt like a lot of love and like it doesn't matter what I'm giving to the world doesn't matter what I'm doing anymore like God still loves me even though I feel like a broken like person like there is literally nothing I might not be the same person again and I'm just like fully still and then it took a lot of time to almost when I say it's the second journey, it took time to like rebuild a relationship with God. Cause I stopped going to church for a little bit. I stopped talking to some of my friends. Like I just fully went off the grid because I was so confused and like, so just really hurt by it and just really unsure, like how I was going to rebuild myself. And over time, instead of like this big monumental moment of going to church and being prayed for, and like all of a sudden overnight, I'm like Christian again, it was this really gradual like me just talking to God at night and then going to church once in a while and like rebuilding this relationship with him. And like after time over time, like realizing how much he loves me and that like just praying for healing and praying for good things. And what I thought was like the biggest thing that I wanted, which was like an athletic career was really a lot deeper. Like I wanted friendship in my life and I wanted love in my life and I wanted joy in my life and what ended up happening was after that injury I ended up having this open time and I ended up meeting other friends outside of softball that became my sisters and I ended up working in my community with extra time and I loved it and I felt like I had such a purpose and I had so much joy just from Jesus that I thought was coming from softball and so it really was just like a second journey of of just being with Jesus and realizing that like when I was so sad and like just down for the count physically, mentally, like I had this brain injury. I don't know if I'm going to recover. Like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to finish school. And I still felt just this like love and this understanding of someone who had been with me every single moment of school and every single moment before that and who knew me completely and still like loved me. And so that's kind of my story um, with faith. And yeah, just kind of the general, general timeline of all of that. Wow. I love that. Sina, do you have any thoughts on Kelsey's story there? No, I just think it's very honest to be like, you know, I don't really know because I don't know. I I I think it's it's like it's a story where you think you've thought about it yourself too. It's not just you know you got it from your parents or something. You know, some of sometimes those are the better stories. I think. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that because yeah, honestly, I definitely get that because it was when I had gone to some of um like church things or whatever, like it was a little bit interesting to just start talking to people who had been raised their whole life in the church. And just that I like, just felt kind of bad about some of the questions that I had, or I felt like really weird asking them because like, it seemed like other people were just so easy to accept it. And I was just like, very, very confused. And so, um, yeah, I mean, just like being able to have those honest conversations and then ultimately like kind of having the courage to ask them or like be so real with people and I don't know, God, God does provide the, the space to do that. You know, he, he really does. Like he'll send people in your life. I believe like to be able to talk about those things and just honestly, yeah. I mean, I think I've called people for just 
real real stories they're mm-hmm. they're good to kind of listen to not everyone's the same yeah Kelsey I know like you mentioned being an athlete was your dream and uh, you were following God you were doing what you thought uh, I mean this gift that he had provided for you and then it stripped away um like you said, there was confusion and anger there. Why do you think you stayed with Jesus instead of looking for some other alternative? I know when crisis hits, um, that's when we really question our faith and we go, man, God, why, why would you allow this or what were you doing? So why do you think for you, you stayed? I think I, I don't want to like compartmentalize it, but I think two reasons. I think one of them was like logistically, like I knew that part of my faith, like your faith is a relationship with Jesus. And so logically when I would start to question it, I also went back and thought about all the times that I just felt like Jesus was there for me in my life. And so like, sometimes you have to look for the the evidence of times where you've asked him or you've talked to him and he's been there and he's shown up. And so I just tried to really like rely on some of that and say, okay, you've been for there for me all of these other times. Like I've asked for your, I guess the biggest thing was before the injury and before everything, I had started to really learn to stop asking to pray exactly for what I wanted and pray for what I wanted. So I pray, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to work for. But overall, whatever your plan is or whatever your way is, I want that instead. And so that started to really become my prayer even before the injury. And so then I was able to have this peace afterwards to be like, I prayed for your plan over mine. This is not what I prayed for. But (laughs) ultimately, like I asked for your, your best and I asked for you to do what you think is best for me. And, and if it's going to turn out to come from this, then I'm, I'm going to try to stick with it and I'm just going to let time do its job and trust that you have something better. And then I, you know, over time, like even just being able to speak with you right now or connect with people all over the world, like it took two years to recover and to be in doctor's appointments, but now I'm here talking to people in a way that I never, ever would have been able to talk to people and connect with them. And share light and share hope with each other and that is like the most beautiful amazing opportunity of my whole life I never would have come from something like that if I had you know seen it that way so mm-hmm. yeah I think just trusting that I prayed for his will over mine and then once it actually happened I had to like really trust that that he was doing something good and doing something good for me yeah yeah it reminds me I I was, how old was I? Like 19. I was dating this young man that had walked away from his faith and things were going really well. You know, we had a great relationship. And I remember one night being like, God, whatever your will be done, you know, like this kind of thing. And uh, the next day we broke up out of the blue. And I was like, I didn't really mean it. God, I didn't really mean it. (laughs) Yeah, I take it back. To the point, I mean, it was pretty dramatic to the point where I went back to the boy. Right. And we had this back and forth for six months after that, where I was trying to hold on to a relationship that I knew God had stripped away, but I wanted it more than God. And in the end, (laughs) Tim Keller has this great illustration that I think is so good when he talks about this. And Tim Keller, for those of you who don't know, he was a pastor in New York where he talked with people who um, had questions about faith all the time. 
but he said, anyone who's been gripped by the grace of God, it's like uh, two guys who go in and talk to their friend about, hey, we're going to go rob a bar and uh, you want to come with us. And the guy goes, no, are you crazy? Why would, why would I want to ruin my life like that? And they go, no, 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 we're going to go do it. We're going to go. And I think it's a bank, right? We're going to go rob a bank. And no, 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 don't, don't do it. And the friend reaches out to grab both of them and gets a hold of one. The other one runs away. He can only tackle one, right? He tackles one to the ground. And the friend that runs away and goes and robs the bank, ruins his life, ends up in, in prison. The guy who's been tackled to the ground, right? Later on, it's like, oh, you weren't part of that. Why weren't you a part of that? He's like, the only reason I wasn't part of it was because somebody held me down, right? Grace held me down. And for me, and it sounds like for you too, like there was this moment where I'm like, Lord, I want this more than I want you. And it, maybe it wasn't for you with, with, uh, you know, um, playing ball, but for me with my relationship with this young man, I wanted it more than God. Um, and I remember being like, you know what? I said that you could have it, but I didn't, I didn't really mean it. Cause I really want this. Even sometimes it being like, why can't I have both? Like, why can't I have you yeah. and really great thing? I don't understand why both can't happen at the same time. Yeah. So. Yeah. But God like held me down. You know what I mean? Like if I had had my way, I would have gone and robbed that bank. Uh, <laughs> and God didn't let me, you know what I mean? And I think for so many people I talk to on this podcast and just having faith conversations, it's kind of like that. Like even Cena, I see her, you know, I know that you haven't uh, taken that step of faith yet, Cena, to like say, okay, Jesus, you can have it. But like, I see him like pursuing you. You know what I mean? Like he's not letting you go. And uh, it's kind of funny because we can run away, but there's something about the grace of God that's just like, he's a gentleman, but at the same time, he's right there. And I just remember thinking, Lord, I don't deserve this. I deserve what I wanted um, to go down this other path. And he gave me what I, I didn't deserve, which was tremendous grace and mercy. Um, yeah. So I love you sharing your story like that. And then like what you said, like you wouldn't have the opportunities that you have right now to be sharing about all the things that you've learned um, that apply to anybody, but also what he's done for you. It's just really, really beautiful. So thank you for sharing and um, for allowing his light to shine on you. And um, Sina, do you have any questions for Kelsey? Because this is the first time we've talked with somebody who's around your age. I know I've brought some older people on here. Bless their hearts. They're amazing. Um, but I thought it would be really special for you to be able to talk to somebody who maybe is familiar with, uh, loving Jesus in the midst of maybe a culture where a lot of people don't, or, um, you know, trying to figure out her faith at uh, a young age. So here's your chance to ask some of those questions. Well, thank you. But right now I don't really have any questions. <laughs> I've just been listening and like enjoying your guys' talk. So I haven't been thinking about it at all. I had a question, but if I it comes to mind, I'll I'll tell you guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I guess my question for you, Kelsey, is was it hard um having a strong faith where you were? Um did other people understand or did you feel like you had um community around you of people who took their faith as seriously as you took yours? Um, I think it was, it was hard sometimes in the beginning. I had a like group of people that I'd found that went to church outside of softball. And so I felt like I could kind of grow my faith and like have these friends that 
felt the same way that I did. And so then on the softball team, like I just kind of felt like if I love my teammates and show them kindness and just like, am a really kind, great person to them genuinely, then if, and they want to talk about it, like it kind of became this beautiful thing where like some of them started coming to church with me or some of them wanted to start praying with me. And it was really organic. It was less like, it was not a big moments, but it was just kind of organic that some of them wanted to just start talking about faith or like, kind of like you, like just questioning, you know, their mm-hmm. own and wondering what it is and wondering what it's like. And, um, but I, I guess it was hard sometimes when you want people to feel the same like peace that you do like you just really want them to have the same like comfort and peace and like when they're going through things or tough things are happening in their life and you just want to be able to like help them in a way that has helped you and you feel like has changed your entire life but they're not necessarily there yet Mm. and so I don't know that I would even say the culture was was super hard I mean I think most of my time was spent on the softball field or with my friends like at church if I did have any time. So there wasn't a lot of distraction, I guess, during that time. But um, it can be hard for when you're around people that just don't understand, like, because for me, like my faith is everything. It's like my foundation and it's like what I want that what what gets me through hard times, like what, why I celebrate like good ones. Cause I feel like it's not for me. So it can be hard when your friends don't think you're a little bit crazy when you like talk about it or bring it up. Like I, I kind of hate when I bring it up and some of my friends, you know, think it's a little bit too much or too extra, but I've just kind of, you know, become really comfortable in it with myself. And I try to just like show a lot of genuine care for other people. And, um, God has really brought a lot of opportunity just in, in trying to, to do that and not force it so much. Cause if he wants it to happen, then it, then he'll, help you make it happen and so um as far as culture goes I think just like really starting to be grounded in myself and when I would start to take on other people's doubts as my own I could just like feel a little bit of like uncomfortability and like unnerve inside me to be like but I know that Jesus has done this in my life and I feel so much better when I just trust him and he's the first person I talk to in the morning and he's the like my guidance and my life just always seems to have like this sense of calm when it's him first. And so just trying to like really be assured in myself, um, takes time and takes reps, but, um, yeah, yeah I don't know if that answers your question completely. No, it does. I off a bit, no, no, no. Being anchored is so important. And I, I mean, I, I tend to want people to like me too. <laughs> yeah. And I know like even it's so funny. Um, Cena will know who I'm talking about when I mention this, but I'll post things on my Instagram and some people will like everything I post except for anything that I post about Jesus. And um, like every, it's almost ridiculous. Like everything I post except for, <laughs> and, um, and I think, okay, Jesus. I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> Jesus said, this is, is true. there multiple people or just one? <laughs> Well, I'm thinking of somebody in particular that you know exactly who it is. Um, but there there has been a few. But here's here's what I know. I have to go back to what I know, right? And I think this is why, uh, you know, I didn't get into apologetics until my mid-20s, really, because I needed it. Because, you know, going back to that question of why did you stick with Jesus? I know that when I 
wanted to become a mom and I couldn't. Um, and I was feeling like, God, are you even there? I mean, I've been walking with you and following you. Like, are you, how do I know that you're even there? I mean, I even turned to my husband at one point and I was like, how do you know God exists? What if we made all this up? And it was kind of like what you were saying, Kelsey, you have to go back, right? And in the Bible, it talks about like the Israelites and these pile of stones that they would build up uh, to remember the times that God was faithful, to remember the things that God had done. But for me, like even be before that is like, okay, how do I know that God exists? Well, I look around and I go, man, this didn't all come from nothing, you know? Um, I, I think I shared this with you. I know I've shared it a few times now, but I, I probably shared it with you, Sina, but Isaac Newton, right. One of the most famous scientists, he's like, in the absence of anything else, the thumb alone would be evidence of God. Right. Because, and that was before he knew that no person in the history of ever has ever had the same fingerprint. And I just think, man, like, okay, there's a God, every, every cause, you know, there's something that caused it. It's like, okay, I know that. And then going back to, okay, I know that Jesus existed. I know that something happened, like going through all these different things that bring me not just to a place of this was my personal experience, but this is actually rooted in science. It's rooted in all these different things. And so that anchor. And so then when I get these people who won't like my stuff or who ignore the fact that I love Jesus or who roll their eyes and probably think I'm crazy, I just think, Lord, I know. I know because I've walked with you long enough that you're holding me and you've got me and I will not be ashamed of you. In fact, I think it was, the, it was it Paul who said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it has the power of salvation for anyone who believes, right? It's like, this is, this is where peace comes from. This is where joy comes from. This is where the anchor comes from. And so shame on me, right? Like I try to tell myself this, like, if I'm so scared to share it, I look at the the apostles in Acts and they're like praising God that they were persecuted for the name of Jesus. Like, God, give me a heart like that. And somebody on this podcast a few times, name's Josh White. He's a pastor in Portland. And one of the things that he shared, and I just love how he shares the gospel, but he's like, the gospel is offensive. The gospel is offensive. It says, you can't do it on your own. Jesus can. Like, every other religion, every other worldview, it's like a ladder to climb. You got to do, you got to do, you got to perform. It's what you do. But Christianity is a cross that you die on. And uh, we give that to our savior and say, God, only you can. And that's offensive to modern sensibilities, but don't be offensive for other reasons. Like what, like what you were saying, you know, to be loving, to be kind, to show people like there's something there's something different, right? I'm going to choose these things in the midst. And then people will go, what is it about that Kelsey? What is it about her that's different or unique, you know? And like you're saying, it opens up those other conversations, but people will think you're weird. They will. And that's okay. Right. Sina, you've thought I'm, I've been weird a few times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. But I mean, Jesus does give you something like, I don't know what, like, I feel like just by the tiny bit like I have that I've been like more kind and more loving to people that I like not like but more like like an actual because I'm always like kind to people I meet but it's an actual like mm. like kindness like from like within like I actually mm. want them the best and yeah like am interested in people even though like yeah I don't know it's it's kind of 
it's kind of beautiful actually like it just gives you like that a love for people you, you don't know that you just be like oh mm -hmm. why do you think that is is it because you're seeing people as image bearers of god or what what's changed for you i don't know what it is i just feel it being different because i've always been a person that like i'm always the one people are like oh you're always so kind but it's more like sometimes you know like sometimes you can be kind to people and still like inside think oh man you're annoying <laughs> but i've like started to think more like but like more like oh, what's the reason that you're so annoying to me like why why do you feel that way and then think like more behind it and think well maybe i don't know mm. it's just i just see it more more kind i think mm. yeah i think I, kind. I remember you mentioning too before you left you noticed the falling short piece right the thin part more didn't you tell yeah. me that since you lived here, you noticed it more? <laughs> yeah. Before I was all good. And now I'm like recognizing it everywhere. Something yeah, along the bad all the time. <laughs> um, now I'm like, oh man, like, cause there's like, um, there was this class, like guy in a class I had, I, it's over now, but like, I remember thinking to myself in that class and I was not the only one I'll say. He was a little annoying. But I remember thinking, oh, man, it's so mean. Like, I feel so guilty for feeling annoyed with him because I never was, like, mean to him or anything. I Like, I never, like, I was kind to him the whole time, but I felt inside, like, oh, man, just stop talking now, you know? And I just felt so guilty for thinking that because then I was like, but, you know, it's maybe it's not his fault. And then, but, yeah. I mean, I think that's so cool, like, mm -hmm. some, even just, like, subtly, like, yes, Gil, but it sounds like it's coming from a place mm -hmm. of just, like, kind of starting to see people with the benefit of the doubt, or, like, you just don't totally know their situation, and, like, yeah, yeah I, I mean, just kind of that little inkling that, like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe something else is happening, or, like, maybe they are this way, like, people are gonna frustrate us, like, that's, yeah. That's you know, like, I get it. So it's just, I mean, it's cool that you even feel like even just since like thinking about faith or stuff like that, you're it, you have the capacity to just kind of like see those things naturally, I guess. Yeah. That's really cool. I mean, not always, but I've definitely yeah. like thought about it more and I am starting to like, also like automatically be like more like kind like from within just not just like fake it on the outside mm. not that I always do but like sometimes you meet people where you're like you have to fake it a little bit <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is it's I never mean, like accepting Jesus is like fully gonna like change how you are all the time like we're you know what I mean like we're still human it 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 happens it's just like you can't control sometimes your initial thoughts, but then you can just control how you react to them, which it sounds like is what kind of you're thinking about. Like, that's the process you're going through. It's like, that's my initial thought is to think this person is annoying, but like your reaction <laughs> to it is less like, oh my gosh, like, I wish they would stop talking and like spiraling down that thought and instead reacting in a way that's like, okay, pause. Like maybe they had something going on or maybe they're this way for whatever and I'm going to let it go or I'm just going to show them kindness and grace. So it's just changing that process for yourself but you're not going to be 
none of us are perfect so no 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 that (laughs) Kelsey that's a good segue what difference do you think following Jesus has made in your life a lot of difference I mean I just feel like following Jesus gives me a sense of purpose because it just kind of fills me literally with kind of what you're saying it just fills me with this like capacity for wanting to just like help other people and wanting to be kind to them and just wanting to show them I don't know kindness and I feel like I feel like there's someone that fully knows me like I used to struggle a lot with my friends not fully knowing a certain side of me or my friends post softball will never know me that was super hardworking and determined or my friends from grade school will never know the college me that was like a little bit more fun or whatever. And so I just felt like this need to be understood by people. And I feel like I don't compare myself anymore or have this need for people to really understand me because it's like, Jesus has been with me the whole time and he knows me. And I just feel this like weight off of my life and like off of my heart. And then life just becomes a lot more beautiful. And like, I notice the really good things that he puts in my life and even like the very little little things like little wins and little victories that happen I can be so grateful for them because of Jesus because I know that they're from Jesus and it just makes me feel very loved and so I don't worry as much I don't compare myself as much like just following Jesus it's it's nuts how like kind of simple that sounds but it just makes me feel like life is more beautiful and like I can be grateful for it. And I don't have to worry so much Mm -hmm. like I used to before then. Yeah. Would you say you don't have to try so hard either? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to try so hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got any questions (laughs) for Kelsey here as we wrap up or anything you guys want to ask each other? I don't know, really. I was just thinking, I mean, it must be nice to live in America then, like, if you're religious, because it's, like, so different with religion in America, because so many are, like, openly religious, where here it's more of a an old tradition, but nobody really believes. It's, like, I don't know. Like, you're a Christian, but you don't believe in God. I don't know. It's all so confusing. Because nobody talks about it because, well, nobody likes to talk about anything in Denmark, nothing, nothing like important. I will say like, I, I can't imagine like what it's like in Denmark because like that is really hard. And like, I think maybe not to the same degree because I definitely don't know like those circumstances, like how that is. But I will say like there's definitely are some hard parts even like in America with people being Christian, even people that like are Christian or talk about being Christian. And then they do things that are super hurtful or super mean, like even just in my own experience of like, how can you say that you're Christian and then be so hurtful or like people that maybe say that they are, and then they don't talk Mm -hmm. about it or they don't. So like that stuff can be so hard. And so I guess like the one thing that I think is just encouraging is like Jesus is someone that you can talk to and like human beings are just so complex and so hard. And like, even if you can't find a group of people in Denmark yet, or 
even if like it's super confusing like and you are still questioning so much about it like you don't have to not question anything about it in order to then like accept Jesus and be able to talk to him like I, I'm 22 like I still question so many things and I'm like very confused sometimes about religion and America and like a lot of things and like the people around me even that are religious or aren't but it's like Jesus someone you can talk to and and also just like I will be praying that like you find people that you can talk to about it because that is definitely really hard and I just hope that you at least even from this conversation like feel a little bit of encouragement that like you don't have to know every aspect of religion to decide like this is the religion I will follow or like whatever even just like all the sometimes complex components of religion like even in America I'm like I have to do all of these things and like believe each like very micro point of this and that to be a Christian. And then I like kind of have to pause and just remind myself that it's a relationship with Jesus and I can figure the rest out over time and over my life. But like Jesus wants to talk about questions with you. Like he loves you and you can question him and he'll still love you. So, Mm. but yeah, yeah, that's good encouragement too. And I think, you know, obviously reading the Bible and getting to know who he is through the gospels was a great, it's a great place to start. But going back to your point, Sina, um, and what Kelsey said, like, we, we don't know what it's like in Denmark. I can only imagine, you know, um, and I know I've shared this with you before, but uh, a few years ago, our, our uh, Dutch daughter, she was like, there's no churches here, Janelle, you don't understand, nobody believes. And so I was coming to visit her and I I Googled a church. I couldn't even read the language, but I'm like, mm, it looks like an evangelical church. I'm guessing that they're, they're sound doctrine. I don't know. So uh, we ended up going to this church. It was actually in English and uh, Dutch and it was sound. And it met in a former prison within walking distance of her house. And she didn't even know it was there. And in that church, there were all these young people, mostly young people who were on fire for the Lord. And it made me realize, you know, the church is growing in places like China, where there's a lot of oppression and opposition to it. And the church historically has always grown in places like that, where it's like, you can't have it. And uh, there's this rebellion, like, no, 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 Uh, we need Jesus, we need him. And we're going to follow him anyway. And in situations like that, Christianity, real Christianity, where people are like, I'm all in it grows like wildfire. The underground church in China, it's growing huge because people have been told, no, no, you can't have Jesus. Really? Really? He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the father except through him. That's what he said in John 14, 6, right? It's like, no, no, no. We want to know that. We want to know him. He said in John 17, 3, to know him is eternal life. I want to know him. And so that desperation, that places where it's been pushed down, culturally, there's something beautiful rising up that maybe you don't see right now, but I'm going to be praying as I'm sure Kelsey will, that you, if you look for it, you'll see it, that there is places where you live, where people are on fire for the Lord. And kind of to Kelsey's point too, you know, here in America, we have enjoyed a luxury of cultural Christianity. And in a lot of ways that hasn't done any good at all, because people can hide behind, oh, I'm a Christian, and then treat people like garbage where you are, you don't have that luxury, right? It's like, if I say I'm a Christian, people are going to notice, I'm going to be different, I'm going to stand out, 
But guess what? If you look back at the Gospels, which is why, again, read them, the church grew that way. These people that were the first Christians, they were Jews who had a religion. They didn't need to choose something else. There was no incentive for them to choose something that would be heretical or would be, you know, repulsive to their family members unless unless Jesus was who he said he was and he actually changed their lives and he did what he said he did. It changed their lives and it changed, you know, the course of history. And now it's changed lives like Kelsey and I who are here, you know, sharing with you about the difference that Jesus makes. And um yeah. So anyway, any thoughts on on that as uh, ask a couple final questions here? No, no, I don't think so. I mean, I definitely feel like every time we're filmed together, I've come like one step further in faith. Um, I mean, today I'm not crying either. You know, I feel more comfortable in it. But I mean, I still avoid some things like conversations with like certain people because I know they don't understand, you know, like a certain person that doesn't like ask questions about me but like doesn't like your stories you know (laughs) you know what I mean you know like that one I just avoid completely because I know that he feels very different and can be very passionate about it so you know in some ways I'm still scared and I, I feel guilty for being scared but I also know that I'm not there where I feel like strong enough to do it to be there I think I think God sees where you're at he loves you I I I truly do yeah I mean even just you coming today is like really awesome and I'm just so grateful like it doesn't that like that takes a lot of strength to like come today and so yeah Kelsey how can people find out more about you after this is over um so they can find me I have not started posting more because I'm a little bit nervy about the internet, but on TikTok, I'll probably <laughs> be making Mormon presents on TikTok. We'll see. Um, which is Kelso Connor six. And then I do have a website that will be coming um in about a month or so. Um, so you can just Google my name and I'll be setting it up to um book more speaking engagements and just kind of get connected with people. So you can find me on social media right now and hopefully a website pretty soon. Pretty cool. All right, Kelsey, we always ask the the same final question. And okay. uh, I, I've heard what? Sita, do you want to ask it? No. Why are you laughing? No, Why are you laughing about that? It's just a hard question to answer. You know, like, how can you choose one? Okay. <laughs> I was so nervous. She doesn't know what it is. Wait she doesn't know what it answer. is. Wait for the question. Okay. All right. I've just it's heard a, it a lot. It's the same question for everybody. Everybody always answers it, Sina. They always answer I know. it. Okay. The Finding Something Real podcast, Kelsey. It's about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. Those are all things that we can find in relationship with Jesus Christ. Real is an acronym. Restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. Of those four things, and obviously there's more, but of those four things, restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love, which stands out to you the most in your life right now and why? Oh my gosh. I know. Oh. Restor- okay. Restoration, authenticity, eternity, and love. Mm-hmm. 
Don't worry, Ansel can't my... be worse than mine. <laughs> I have two, so it's like so impossible. Um, you can you can say both. People cheat okay. all the time. All right, I'll cheat. <laughs> so the one that stands out to me most in my life right now, I would say restoration. I'm taking a year in between school, and I'm living with my mom, and I am like feel like my life was so busy all the time like with school and was like just recovering from injuries and like this year has just been so like restful because I'm around my family and I get to just like enjoy my time with them and so I just feel so blessed like literally every day right now because I just feel like it's a year of resting and like I know that I'm so blessed because it's like very much a privilege to have the ability to rest and just have this space to figure things out so and then I would say love because again I'm surrounded by my family and I just feel like this year in particular like being around them and being around so many people that I love God put all of them in my life and so I just feel like a lot of love at this time of life so but that's a really good question whoa oh my gosh that is so good. Thank you, that. Kelsey. <laughs> Most people have that reaction. Not that it's such a hard question. It's so hard. It is hard though. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, we get a mixed bag for sure. It's always the, I, I love the question or the answers that come out of it. Cause it's always really beautiful to hear from people that um, share heartfelt answers. So <laughs> ladies, you know, Cena, I love you. Kelsey, I love you too. Man, this has been a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much uh, for being here. Until next time. Everyone, please join me in welcoming Kelsey O'Connor. Thank you for the introduction. Good morning. Welcome friends, family, graduates, honored guests to our spring 2023 commencement ceremony. My twin brother was asked to sing at his graduation last year, so I decided to one-up him and give a speech. <laughs> He's actually graduating from his master's program next week, and both of us are continuing to grapple with the same question that everyone has been asking us, what are you going to do next? As I'm sure all of you have been asked the same exact question, what are you going to do? That's a very different question from who are you going to be? What I want us to consider is what does it mean to be a human being, not a human doing? When I first came to NC State, I had a lot of labels that I was proud of. D1 athlete, softball player, researcher, social work student, if you were to ask me about my identity, I would have listed all of those tangible things. But during my junior year, I suffered a traumatic brain injury from softball. My career-ending concussion meant that softball was now forever over, and I was on the brink of even continuing as a student. I struggled to speak without frequent stuttering, pausing, confusion, and couldn't prove myself through performance of any kind. The external labels that I built my entire identity on were broken, crumbled to the core, and I was left with all of the pieces of who I used to be and unsure how to rebuild. So as I recovered for several months, I made a resolution to help rebuild my identity. I decided that in order to heal the way I saw myself, I had to start by the way that I saw and spoke about others. I would start describing people not by their labels, but by three things. 
their attitude, the way that they treat others, and what makes them uniquely beautiful. Instead of describing my roommate as an engineer, I would first tell you that she is a kind, intelligent, adventurous girl who loves her family deeply. The more I started equating other people's identities towards their internal characteristics, the more I began to build a healthier foundation for myself, seeing individuals and myself not for what they do, but who they really are. So some of us have next steps planned out, and that's amazing, and some of us don't, and that's okay too. That just means that not all of us have an answer to the question of what are you going to do, yet we all have the opportunity to decide who we are going to be when we leave this place today. We can choose to be kind, ambitious, because who we are internally is the root of what we do and what we produce to the world. Your roles in life are going to change, whether it's a relationship role, a role in a job, but you are so much more than your role. So you might be going to do work in engineering, but that means you're going to be an intelligent problem solver. You might be going to do social work, but that means you're going to be a compassionate community member. Regardless of what you do, you always have the opportunity to be the person that you've dreamed. When you choose a positive attitude, treat others with genuine kindness, and appreciate your own unique inner beauty. If you embrace those three things, your life will become more rich with seeing the world through a lens beyond the labels that confine us. I don't know everyone here, but there is one thing that I do know just from being here. We are resilient. Graduation isn't just a celebration of passing classes and balancing work. It's about doing all of those things despite the challenges in between. We have students here who are mothers raising children. We have students who are battling with illness, maybe working multiple jobs, maybe traveled across country or even across seas to be here. You are resilient and the things that you do will go beyond your occupation because they start with an internal spark based on who you are. And that's not just the graduates either, it's our supportive community that helped us get here. You are resilient too and we thank you for being here. All of you came in wearing several external labels, a graduate, a student, an almost alumni, maybe some alumni here, and I hope that you leave knowing that you will always be a member of the NC State Wolfpack. But we have to look beyond our labels to appreciate who we really are and appreciate others for who they really are. And because of that, I encourage all of us to think and do and become something uniquely amazing. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This season, we are inviting young women to join me as they share their personal stories and ask honest questions or share objections to the Christian faith. We hope to feature a different story each month and then invite Christian guests on to share from their own journeys and experiences and maybe answer some of those questions in follow-up episodes. Friend, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is still in the restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love business. I know not everyone has experienced that, but if you're curious at all at whether there's something real to be found in Jesus, I invite you to come back next week as we continue on a journey towards finding something real in relationship with Him. Until next time.